Welcome to Two Inches Off the Ground. When you are enlightened, you live your life two inches off the ground. So far, I've given you 118 episodes and almost three years of free content. So please support this podcast by giving me a five-star rating wherever you listen and a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. So what I tell people now is grab your spouse's, your partner's, or your children's phone and listen to a couple seconds of the episode and then hit five stars. That helps me out so much because if there's four phones in a household and you do that for me, that would be a major solid. And also remember to hit the follow button so new apps pop up on your podcast player automatically. So I received a beautiful Apple podcast review from Nicole Aileen123. It says, fab podcast, exclamation point, five stars. Jay is such an inquisitive, fun, honest soul that has pure intentions to help others learn and grow. I love listening to her several podcasts and learn something from each episode. I was so grateful to find this podcast. Thank you so much, Nicole. That is amazing. And please keep these incredible reviews coming and the five-star ratings. Today we are discussing, is it okay to take a break from metaphysical practices? So you guys know, I talked about this in another episode that I went on this Carolyn Mace tear. I listened to six books in a row of hers and Carolyn Mace, it's spelled M-Y-S-S, but you pronounce it Mace, is known as a very big spiritual leader. She's a theologian. She has her PhD in theology. She's not trained as a psychologist or any type of behavioral coach that I know of. So when she presents and breaks down ideas, and that's her genius, is her breaking down concepts and doing it in a spiritual and metaphysical way and then applying it to your life. And I really appreciate that. But she's very no nonsense, matter of fact. And she also comes across as screaming and angry sometimes. And it's over the top and listening to six books in a row, because what they do is they take her recordings from a workshop, and then they put it into a book. And it's hard to listen to sometimes because she's such a, she comes across as such an angry person. And she's literally screaming at the audience. And it's just, it's a lot. I take her as someone where I love hearing about the concept. I love hearing the straight, no-nonsense messages that I do believe she's getting from source. I'm not sure she presents things the best. And for everyone, it's not everyone's cup of tea. If I listened to this 10 years ago, I would have turned it off. But some of it resonated with me. Some of it doesn't. I think uh, (laughs) to be yelling at an audience and constantly doing these trick questions and the audience member asks a question and then she puts them down and berates them a little bit. If they give an answer that I think any of us would give, yeah, I think she needs a little help, (laughs) I'll be honest with you, on her spiritual path, but I understand why she's so popular and I also understand why she's doing what she's doing. It's very straightforward. It's very tough love. So you have to take the messages as you take them. And maybe listening to six books in a row isn't the best way to do it if you are a sensitive soul. 
Well, I would say that some of the concepts really resonated with me, especially at this time in my life. And I connected to the idea. And just one more thing I want to say before I talk about her ideas is that I've heard in her now more recent recordings or her audiobooks, she's much less of an angry person. She's chilled out a lot. So maybe you want to start with those recordings instead of going back to her older ones. Okay, so I really resonated with the fact that there is this idea that she talks about that this is the only time in the history of the world that metaphysical people have to pay bills and we have to be extremely human, but we have to be very meta at the same time. I guess we don't have to be, but that's how we live our lives. And to live a metaphysical life in 2023, we have to be on this tightrope of human and metaphysical. And you're constantly being mindful of both, and it's hard. So what that brought up was Jesus's time, or I should say more Mary and Joseph's time, how they grew up in the Essene sect, right? I talked about that. I did a whole episode on that, a Christmas episode. So if you want to go back to that, that is one of my first episodes of this podcast ever. And I get a lot of listens on that one because I think people just love to hear it around the holidays. But in that Essene sect that Mary and Joseph were in, they did not exchange money. And if you had a talent in the community, that's what you did for a job. So if you just loved building things, you were the carpenter. If you loved cooking and baking all day, you were one of the cooks. If you loved to paint, you were the town artist. If you loved to podcast, well, in that time, <laughs> I guess there's no podcasting, but you would be the town uh, storyteller or something like that. I don't know, that idea, I just never forgot it and I always loved it. And now we've moved to this system where when I woke up this morning, I was really frustrated because I couldn't find my phone. This is my whole <laughs> source of angst in life. I can never find my damn phone everywhere. And my husband always has to call it. And every time I'm searching for something, which happens three times a day, he's like, oh, you're looking for your phone again? <laughs> so just extremely human things, getting things in the mail that... I'm not happy about where I thought I paid that bill or I thought insurance took care of it. Now I have to get on the phone and figure that one out. So we have to be so human. We go to our jobs. We are in traffic. We go to nine to fives. We have to take our children to soccer and to camp and to uh, pottery class and all of that. So there's a lot to balance in this new age of being a metaphysical person. It's not Mary and Joseph's time where you can be 100% metaphysical. You have to be human as well. Carolyn Mace's idea is that to be a metaphysical person in this time period, it is constant work. You have to have constant mindfulness. And I agree. It's not something where you can drop it one day, pick it up another day. It has to be something where it's in your life. It's a thread throughout your life. When I have a thought come up that's very negative, I say to myself, okay, is this how I want to spend my energy? Is this how I want to expend my energy? Is this what I want going out to the universe? Is this a thought that is going to carry me through the next 10 minutes of my day? So you have to be very mindful in that way as well. So this leads to today's topic. I went and got an Akashic record reading at the Omega Institute. 
it was, eh. <laughs> it was good. She was great. I like the Akashic Record reader. I thought she was very talented because she was extremely intuitive. I was very impressed, almost having psychic abilities. Her energy work was phenomenal because she combined it with energy work. I liked how she approached the session. She said to me, I think you need some energy work. And she wasn't afraid to do it, which I really love when you go to these a lot, a lot of you are like that, right? Where um, you go to these spiritual practitioners and you guys are like, you know what? I'm getting a little bit of mediumship. Do you mind if I share that with you? I'm getting a little bit of a psychic vision. Do you mind if I share that with you? And I think that really sets the bar with someone who's a full intuitive practitioner because they're not afraid to say, hey, this is what source is telling me what you need right now. And I'm not afraid to deviate from the path of getting an Akashic Record reading. Akashic Record readings are not psychic readings. So you have to go in with what you want to talk about. You have to go in with a question or questions. So just keep that in mind. They are not psychics. And so I asked about, you know, will this ever be curable, my disease, basically? And what do you see about how this disease started many lifetimes ago, let's just say. And she said that I suffered in many lifetimes and I was humiliated particularly, well, in apparently quite a few, (laughs) but particularly in one, it was kind of a scarlet letter situation She also said that I carried this humiliation with me. And because I kept carrying this humiliation with me through lifetimes, I began to develop emotional issues, which turned into food issues. And she looked at me and she said, I think this is curable for you, but I think you need to address it in different ways. And she had talked to me about how to get the toxins out, how to detox specifically. And I talk about this in the latest episode of the Ulcerative Colitis Autoimmune Healing Journey podcast. So if you want to go into that, you can see that the title says Akashic Record Reading. So that's something to listen to as well if you'd like to. But I also asked her, why can't I meditate lately? I love to meditate. I look forward to it. I'll go to bed early just so I can relax my mind and meditate. My husband likes to go to bed really early. So sometimes I'll go to bed early with him and I will just meditate while he sleeps. But lately, my mind cannot get into that meditative state. I've been having or I was having a hard time with it. And I'm talking it was going on for months And I'm someone who usually meditates almost daily or some form of meditation almost daily. And I just couldn't get into it. So I asked her that question and the Akashic Record reader said to me, source is telling me it's because you don't want to. I looked at her and I said, yeah, there's something where I feel you're right. I couldn't quite put my own finger on it. And this is why it's great to meet with a spiritual coach, meet with a spiritual practitioner, meet with a psychic, a medium every once in a while. So when you're so close to it and you're so blocked, it really helps you. I had someone reach out to me who's a friend of mine, who's one of the most intuitive humans and metaphysical humans on this earth. And she was blocked about something and asked if I would look into it. And I did. 
and it helped her. And I have a feeling she knew the answer, but it was just too close to her. And that's how I get to it becomes too close to me to where I can't figure out where I'm going or what I'm doing. The reader also said to me that the universe was saying to her that I really extend myself to help others as I think most of us, most of you do, right, as well. And it's okay to take a break from time to time. Even for meditation, we get locked into what we have to do and what we think as metaphysical people, if we don't do it, that life is just going to fall apart. And now going through this, I mean, not going through this in anything major, but just having this occur for me, I realized that, yeah, it's not about that. It's, it's okay to be a little more human sometimes. It's okay to do some more human things. And quite frankly, I wouldn't have three podcasts and right now I'm developing a radio show for the town I live in. And I'm recording actually in a few days in the studio, that show. So that's really exciting. But even I wouldn't have content for three podcasts <laughs> in a radio show, if I didn't get out and do human things and have human experiences and have new things to talk about. If I'm sitting here every episode going, hey, I'm sitting here again in the studio and I'm staring at this pillow that's sitting on this chair. I mean, right? It's so boring. So you have to get out. You have to do things. You have to have these very human experiences. Another form of meditation that I have been drawn to is Meditation via movement. And a lot of people do that at the gym. I hear that a lot, that people get into meditative states. My husband constantly talks about being in a meditative state when he does really hard pressing farm work. I'm sure you guys have your things too. Running is a big one. I I have so many hills where I live. It's so hard to run. I want to try again, but we'll see. Um, And then I have to drive 20 minutes to an actual flat track. And that's like, yeah, I'm never going to do that. But I digress. But running is a good one too. Swimming, biking, any of those can be considered a moving meditation. So I'm starting to embrace exercise because I need to detox for this stage I'm in of my healing protocol. I am working on sweating every day, sauna, I'm introducing cardio. I was guided last night to go back to dancing. And by the way, you guys, I am in no way, shape, or form a dancer. I'm not a good dancer. I just mean I get on daily ohm and I do my chakra balance class where you dance to it. So I do that. I put on music. I dance. I work up a sweat. And I feel like I'm guided to do this, not be so serious about it, have more fun with it. And then I'm also being guided. I'm not saying that this has anything to do with meditation per se, but I am being guided more to rest and to be gentler on myself on the days that are hard because I know I'm in for a tough six months with the detox that I'm going through right now. And I have been told and I've read blogs on it, just go easy on yourself that it's going to be crazy until this mold comes out of your body. Several days ago, I was guided to sit down and just type up my goals for the rest of this year. So today I'm recording, it's November 6th. Obviously, we know the year ends on January 31st. So what do I want to do for the next two months? But I also reminded myself, it has to be in a reasonable timeline. Something I try to do is I try to cram a million things in. 
it never works, I get defeated. It is actually a self-defeating prophecy when you think about it. So I have to be reasonable and that's it. And I have to leave more time for play, which the Akashic Record reader also said, you need to play a lot more. You need to have a lot more fun. You need to be not so serious. I get that message all the time. I guess I'm just too serious. I was born on the day of intensity. So I wish to lighten up. I'm looking at my life now and where I was two years ago. And look at me now. I'm eating at restaurants. I couldn't have done that two years ago. I couldn't have done that six months ago. I couldn't have done that three months ago. And in fact, there's this restaurant I want to go to. And by the way, you guys, I eat very all natural. I'm the healthiest person you know, not because I want to be, just because I have to be. But I'm finding restaurants in my area that actually are starting to cater to that. And I'm not saying maybe my immediate area, but for my birthday, I already know that I want to make a reservation at this Scandinavian farm to table restaurant that's 45 minutes from my house, that type of thing. So I'm opening up to making those reservations again, making those commitments again. Uh, We went to a really cool village 45 minutes from us, different one than the Scandinavian restaurant. And I was able to eat brunch. And that was something that I haven't done in years. Now, did I eat the pancakes and the syrup and the, you know, the, the eggs cooked in canola oil? No. Did I eat a grass-fed hamburger without a bun with some onions and some salad? Yes. That's how it is. That's how it's going to be the rest of my life. And I have to accept that, which I think I'm pretty much there. I'm attending social engagements. I am going to an actual party and committed to it and bought the ticket for uh, something to do with the radio show this Friday. But I'm also guided to know my limits. For example, I still am resisting major traveling. I may feel during a hard winter that I need to travel a little bit. I need to go to LA, I need to go to Sedona, I need to go somewhere where I can really feel the warm sun. And if that happens, that happens. But right now I know that I need, or I'm being called from source to say, it's okay if you're still not traveling for the next six months, possibly for the next year to get on a plane. Now I would do a road trip. That's fine because I can bring my own food. I can pack it. I can do this. I can do that. But to do a plane is really hard for me right now because I need to time things out three times a day. And you get the point. I won't go into all that, but I'm also being guided to stay put and really enjoy the seasons this year around and really have a better attitude (laughs) January through March, which is something I'm figuring out. This is leading to the question, do you need to take a break from something in your life? It could be a metaphysical practice that you need to take a break from, not that you need to sever ties with (laughs) or that you need to never do again, but you need to be guided to either do it in a different way like I'm doing with the meditation, I'm doing more of a movement meditation, or being guided to stop it for now and maybe come back to it when you're ready. And there's nothing wrong with that. But just think about that because you never want to put pressure on yourself, especially as a metaphysical person, and especially going into the holidays in this busy season that you absolutely do not need to. For my next episode, 
I will have my spiritual mentor on one of them, but my original, the OG spiritual mentor, Jenny Chaparelli. I'm very excited about this. The episode was already recorded and you're going to love it. It's one of my favorite apps. She has so many interesting things to say, especially as a spiritual practitioner. This app drops on Tuesday, November 21st. So that is the perfect time because if you guys are driving for American Thanksgiving, if you're baking pies and you want to listen to a podcast, then this is it. This is the perfect thing to do. Until next time, live your life two inches off the ground.